It's Golden Hour Adventure Time, featuring everyday people doing extraordinary things. From the peaks of victory to the valleys of defeat, these are their stories. Now, from the back of the pack, your hosts, Justin and Robbie. Hey, welcome to Golden Hour Adventures. Today, we have Jesse Ellis, owner and operator of Let's Wander Photography. Jesse, thanks for coming on the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Justin. Yeah, I, I'm just... Welcome. I'm, I've been looking forward to this ever since we met at Rocky Raccoon, and you took uh, just some amazing and amazing pictures for you, but for me, like some of them are just like, oh my God, what was I doing there? <laughs> but like after the race, you know, we, we sat and chatted for a while, and I, I just thought that was super cool. Like even though, you know, you were in the middle of working, you had the chance to sit back and talk to a couple of racers and... You know, I, I feel like you you learn more from someone when you're more personable about that. So I do appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and then that's when I was like, I got to have this guy on the podcast. It'd be super cool. So well, I'm honored to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess let's just start from the beginning. How did how did all this happen? Uh, so I I grew up in a well back then it was a m- little bit of a smaller town called Auburn, California, and it's known in the ultra trail running community for being the finish line for Western States. I grew up in that town. I went, I ran cross country and track at Placer high school where the race finishes. Um, I've been, so my exposure to the ultra marathon community and the trail community, um, goes way back to my childhood. I grew up with uh, three-time Western States champions kids. Uh, his name's Jim King. He won it three times in the 80s. And when it was exactly a 100-mile course, he was the first person to go under 15 hours and 100 miles on trail. Wow. Um, so I grew up with that kind of like lineage all around me and legendary, um, legendary people in the sport. And um, in my adult life, I ran my first marathon I ran Big Sur Marathon in Carmel, and I ran, um, we ran that in 2008, and I was a few years out of high school, and I remember finishing, and I had that elated feeling that a lot of people do on when they're finishing their first marathon, and was just crying, but one thing that caught my attention as I was coming into Carmel was I had hit, hit the wall, bonked. Yeah and had the sandbag in finish the last quarter mile. When I saw that point two, I just took off. And, um, and I remember thinking, you know what? I, I, I think if I went slower, I could have gone further. And I left that in the back of my head. And when I had my first kid in 2013, I decided that I needed to kind of pursue this underlying dormant passion to go further. And I asked my wife, as uh, she was in her nursing years, if I could train to pace someone at Western States 100 miler. So in 2013, I started training, started running 40 mile weeks again, and uh, was doing some CrossFit and some hot yoga and getting fit. And um, that's when that whole phase was kind of coming around, right? 2013, the CrossFit thing was starting. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really it's, taking are you off still everywhere. In, are you still in California at this time? I was still in California. Okay, time, yeah. yeah. And so I, uh, I. I got somebody to convince somebody to let me pace them at Western States, not being an ultra runner myself. And I said, I know the course really well, ran cross country here, train on these trails. And, um, and so I paced someone in the last 20 miles of Western States in 2013. And he finished just over 29 hours. The fr- he was one of the first finishers in the golden hour, um, 
uh, which I know you guys have a big love for that with your name. <laughs> um, and he, uh, he came in 2901 and we passed 55 people in the last 20 miles, got wow. him riled up and got him going. And I was like, I have to qualify for this thing. Yeah. Western, Western state specifically. It's my home course. I grew up understanding the race and just like how epic it is. But that was my first time experiencing the slow end. And I was like, <laughs> and I was just like, I, I, dead serious. At, at 20, at, in my twenties, it was like, I'll never, I'll never go sub 20 in a hundred miles. Like that's crazy. Uh, so in my mind, it was like, it will never happen. But then like just that little passion underneath, I was always like, you know what? What if I could go further? And so, um, two months later, I ran my. Wait, first how many miles did you pace in that one? A uh, twenty miles. Okay, twenty miles. So I, I paced him twenty miles. Um, awesome experience. Super happy to help somebody finish as well. First pacing experience, and I was like, I got to qualify for this. So I get on line, and then I find ultra sign up. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and then oh the my. rest is history. <laughs> and the rest is kind of history. Yeah. And I I start exploring. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's tons of races. And then I find out that um, so back in 2013 was the last year that 50 milers qualifiers mm. it's like well i'm not going to jump up in the 100k 100 mile zone i'll just I'll, I'll hit one of these 50 miles and then it says qualifying pace 11 hours <laughs> I was like, oh okay so now i'm doing the math i'm like okay i mean like as a cross-country kid i'm like oh, okay that's that's doable my marathon time was around four hours okay i can 11 that's three extra hours to double it yeah um no, it's the trails and there's mountains. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ran out in the Bay Area, but you can't do a 50K without 5,000 feet of gain and you can't yeah. do a 50 miler without 10,000 feet of gain. So I ran Headlands 50 miler and I ran it in 1336, I believe my first ultra. And I was mad at myself. <laughs> That's an incredible so, time. <laughs> I, it's it's not bad, but I was mad at myself. I was like, why? Because my, well, my first, it was a loop course. So 25 miles, 25 miles, washing machine style. Yeah. So I changed directions. Well, I came in 524 feeling good on the first loop. And, you know, I just take off with swagger, leaving there, shirt off, feeling great. <laughs> and then the heat, <laughs> the heat of the afternoon and weather and the climbs just beat me down and I had IT band sy syndrome and had to walk the last 15 in. Uh, and so that's kind of how that first ultra went. And so I finished in the dark, didn't plan on that. Didn't have a headlamp. I'm like, there's a hundred miler going at the same time. So a hundred mile person would kind of come up on me and I'd try and speed up and stay with a hundred miler. <laughs> and, then, and, and, and then they kind of oh, just be pushing the pace a little too hard. And the, then I just kind of creep through on the path for a little while and, um, next thing you know, another one comes up on me. I made my way in and, um, my father-in-law and my dad came up with a flashlight and helped me get down through the last mile. And I, I, I finished more mad than elated that I finished my first ultra, let yeah. alone, I just jumped straight into the 50 miler. Um, <laughs> The IT band, skip 50K. <laughs> yeah, the IT band thing was a new thing to me because I was not so much a brake runner as a cross country runner. It'd be more like I got a shin splint because I was leaning and falling into my run a lot more. And so then I got on YouTube um, and started finding all the Solomon 
running videos with like Killian Jornet and um, Ricky Gates and all those guys and um, Joel Volet who who still makes a bunch of great videos. And I start watching their foot patterns because they're amazing downhill runners as well as climbers. But um, but their downhills, they're just insane. I'm like, well, how are they able to just sustain that? And then I start realizing the same kind of thing I would learn in track about turnover and staying right underneath my body still can apply to uphill and downhill. So I've solved the problem and then jumped truly into ultra running like a, like uh, many that find this um, very appealing and ran seven ultras in 2014. So um, I took a three month kind of away and was doing track workouts and hill repeat days and big Saturday, you know, one big day a week and um, was you know, pretty much running between 40 and 60 miles every week for my whole first year after I ran my first ultra. And I was not a photographer yet. So 2014 was all about running. Um, I I wasn't a trail photographer. I was a wedding photographer with my wife. Um, And so I, so into 2014, I, I capped off my race season with Javelino 100 and made it 40 miles. I didn't even complete three loops of the old course. I stopped, <laughs> stopped an aid station short and uh, got a ride. Oh, and no. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, come in from a different direction to your crew and they're like, what happened? Yeah. Um, that was, was a pretty brutal, brutal year, actually. I think was that I your first running. hundred attempt? That was my first hundred attempt, oh. but it was because I needed a qualifier. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, I, I ran that and I ran the first year of the canyons, um, when it was just a 50 K. Um, I, so I, I started running the really hard ones too. I was like, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what you're saying. Can- the canyons, canyons 50 K had like 9,000 feet of gain the first year. <laughs> like, um, and I finished in just over eight hours, like wow. pretty darn good Ooh, for that. Like, yeah. Pretty darn good for that kind of climb. And so, um, I, I was leading Facebook, uh, there's like meetup groups because the trail running community tends to be 40 plus, <laughs> um, most of the runners that are out there. And so, uh, I was on meetup and meeting up with groups, um, down in Folsom, which was like 20 minutes away. But then on the weekends, they'd come up to Auburn, California and, and run there. So I found some people with that and I was like, why don't I, I'm young. I mean, there's also Facebook. Let's, let's make a Facebook group and let's, let's start training up here. So I was doing Tuesday, uh, track workouts with this Christian group, um, ran out of FCA and on Thursdays I was doing hill repeats. And those were like the two iconic, like training runs that I was leading at the time. And we, I managed to get a group of 40 to do Javelina through that. So, so from August to set through August and September, every Thursday night, we were on this one, one hill doing repeats. It was a two mile down, two mile up with 750 feet of gain. And some guys would go do three and some of us would do two. And some people, you know, like life happens and they come out and they do one, but it was just awesome because it was like, everybody was in one place. And, um, that's really grown since then. Like, I feel like across the nation, we see a lot more of this, you know, especially with um, being able to create events in Facebook. I think it's really um, a great tool within our community to communicate and um, to find, find people to relate to within that. Um, And so, yeah, so that's kind of my origin story as far as like running goes um, in the ultra trail community. And 
at the end of 2014, I had taken a few community college classes and uh, with a camera and it's like, you know what, I, I really understand how to use this thing. So um, we were, we were uh, expecting our, our second that following year, a second child. So I was like, Hey babe, you know, we got, we got a lot of gear sitting around. Um, I'm a, I'm a Canon guy. So I, I had a couple Canon camera bodies and had the full toolkit I would need. I had the 24 or 70. I had the 70 to 200. I had the 85, the 50. I could do whatever I wanted as far as artistry goes Yeah, you as a, a camera kit. guy. Yeah. Good kit. And so, um, I, in December of 2014, I did, I shot two races back to back on the same weekend. There was this, uh, 50 K with one race organizer and a 50 K with another the next day. And one of those RDs, um, hired me for all 17 events for 2015, just off that promotional day. And that gave me the option to leave what was my career job at the moment and, uh, pursue, pursue, um, photography. So, and pursue something within sport that I, I loved and appreciated. So I, I worked my day job for a couple more months. I was a mental health worker for seven and a half years and I quit that and became a barista classic artsy switchover. And, um, <laughs> and was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I think it's one of the best dream jobs within it though. I worked for Dutch brothers. I, I can't speak highly enough about that company, but, um, so I worked for Dutch brothers and I, and I shot photography. So, uh, let's wonder photography began pretty much in 2015 and I had shot like four races and I was coming up that one hill I was talking about in Auburn, California called stagecoach trail. And, um, I'm talking with a buddy at the parking lot at the top of the hill and here comes Craig Thornley, who is the race director for Western States yep. on a mountain bike. And he's, he's just jamming up the hill and he says, Hey Jesse, I've been meaning to talk to you. And I was like, I'm still, remember, I'm still pretty young in the community. So I, I do know Craig, but I don't know him that well at this point and, um, acquaintance. So I was like fanboy kind of like, Oh, you've been meaning to talk to me. <laughs> uh, so I was super nervous. It was like, it's like, yeah, uh, Luis Escobar, who's been shooting the race for the past 10 years, um, is running the race this year. And so we have, we need a photographer. We, are you interested? I've shot four races. <laughs> and, and two and of them. And then you're about 50. to shoot the biggest race in the U.S. Yeah, you're right. And, then, and two of races. them. <laughs> yeah. And two of them were 50Ks. And I think the other two were like sub ultras. So I'm like, okay, you know, but I've already shot in the rain and I've shot in the heat and I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's keep chatting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like, and then he's like, oh, so how much, how much would that cost? I mind you, I'm still trying to figure that all yeah. out. Like I definitely undersold myself in the first year, but <laughs> like, yeah, uh, 500 bucks. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> so three days of my life, 500 bucks. Um, that, oh, and that doesn't, he even, was probably even, like, you can come back every year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they pay me more than that. But, uh, that, that what's awesome though, is, um, I'm thinking, okay, well it could be a one and done you know, Luis will come back the next year after he's ran the race and I won't get to, won't get to, uh, have that experience. So I, 
so he, he messaged me. He's like, Hey, you know, we're not done with you. <laughs> we don't know how we want to bring you back on, but like, we really want to. And little did he know I was thinking about what my pitch would be to keep me, keep me in the game. <laughs> and so I, I, I said, Hey, well, you know, I, the one hate speech thing, the only thing, hate speech thing I can say people say about Western States at this point is what about the women's field? You guys never have anybody on that. So they get them in the high country and that's about it. <laughs> Let's do that. So my job is to stay out there. Yeah. Um, wait for them. <laughs> and so I, I try and hang with the top like 15 for the first 60 miles. And then, it, and then by then it's like races on. And so it goes down to about five to six people by the time I get to the river at mile 80. And then, um, I wait up all night for them to come into the finish some years. That means like some years, like our 10th woman will be like 22 hours or they're as of late the past couple of years, it's like a few in the top 10. Yeah. And now it's like getting real interesting, you know, yeah. like, and, uh, I am so happy to see how wide and broad our sport has gotten as far as the attention to those kind of details. But on top of that, there's a lot of these, um, podcasts, um, media types that want to talk about the back of the pack. They want to talk about how to survive and just get it done. Yeah. They've been out there twice, sometimes even three times longer than the winner. Yeah. And their story is just as important. Um, so on my daily life, as far as being a photographer, that's, that's where my interest lies a lot more is yeah, we can cover the front, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to wait for the last person. And so I'd say that that's kind of where I kind of stand apart. Um, that's where I hope I stand apart as far as my, my care for my craft as well as, um, the community in that I'm truly accepted as part of the community. Yes, I do run ultras, but um, I've had some years where I've been maybe MIA as far as racing and it has nothing to do with my work. It's all kinds of other things and we can dive more into those kind of things, but and chat about that. But it's very interesting how, how everything's flowed on both sides for work and racing. Um, because that's just how life is. It, it's, uh, it, it has its ups and downs. So, so when it comes to you know, doing your race photography and actually being an ultra runner. How do you, mm. how do you deleviate that? And I, I guess I'm saying, do you have to, at the beginning of the year, do you know what races that you're wanting to run? Do you know what races that your photography, you're, that you're going to be the photographer for? How, how does that Yeah. Work? So it, it's, it's been a wild ride since the pandemic in a, in a positive way, actually. Um, I've set myself up appropriately in my life to where I survived the pandemic, so to say, um, on all different kinds of fronts and ways, um, mentally as well as physically and, um, and financially, I'd, I'd say that all those have been taken care of. Um, yeah, that had to have been a tough time for a lot your, of people. It was, but yeah, it, I mean, it, for it a honestly, lot of people, but you know, your field specifically was, yes, was yeah, no race going on. Right. If you wanted to be in sports photography at all, or even events, 
2020 could have done you in if you weren't set up appropriately. So yeah. in 2019, I, I really ramped up the business and I decided I needed to do sales. Um, so from 2015 to 2018, I hadn't done any photography sales. I didn't sell photos. What I did was I would get hired by a race director and I would post watermarked images at low res and that was it. There wasn't anything else you could do with it. Yet I was still using big boy cameras and I was shooting in raw. And I just started really getting to know more people in the industry and developed an understanding of how they were working things. And a few mentor types just basically were like, stop undervaluing what you're doing, you know? Um, and so I, I did that. I, I still charge race directors to be at events, um, because I'm traveling to a lot. I'm, I live in Phoenix, Arizona right now. Currently I've been here for six and a half years. And so you met me in Texas. I was out there for two weeks for both Rocky raccoon races, uh, Rocky raccoon 100 and Rocky raccoon 50. And, um, all that travel can take a toll if I'm not charging appropriately. So that's where I'd say that there was a trade-off, you know, it's like I, I can continue to be community um, pricing, so to say, and um, just kind of keep it in a volunteer zone for me, or I can really turn this into a business and really commit to more so quality for everyone. So now that I sell on online, and um, sell the images. Now it's like that little bit that I get from those sales is more the tip on top of everything. Like cameras do die and they break. I'm out there. I was just at way to cool. It poured rain in hail and was coming in sideways. And like the race organizer lost tents because they were breaking. It was so bad. Um, vendors had to leave because their, their stuff was getting damaged. And I'm out there trying to protect the gear in the rain. Yeah. And it's like, but still capture those people's moments. Yeah. Yeah. You know, memories. Yeah. Because running through a storm is freaking epic. You know, like it's, <laughs> I um, want to remember that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure there's um, some cool shots too. Yeah. I mean, there, there wasn't like some experience afterwards that, you know, the race organizer hoped they could have where there was the vendors and stuff like that. So it's like what happened out there is what was the memory. Yeah. And I love being a part of that, like to be the one that, you know, gets to share the, in that experience. Um, I literally was sitting in the mud down in a Creek in a Carhartt suit <laughs> off, off the side of the trail for them. And, and I left my pack up on the trail to keep it dry. <laughs> and it was just past where I was shooting. And so it was kind of fun. I click, click, click. And then I look and they never even saw me because they can't hear me because of the Creek. <laughs> and then they'd see my bag and then they'd frown and then they look back and then be like, Oh, you, um, that's funny. Yeah. That's good. But I was, I was catching super real moments and I'm super stoked to finish the edits and get those out to them so they can see that. Um, you know, it was, that's cool. That you, uh, like, you kind of, some races I've run before, you can see the photographer usually then I don't feel like it's a real moment sometimes because he's just standing next to a tree or something. That's pretty cool that you, you hit. Yeah. So what's so interesting you know you there is Justin ran the hunt, uh, the hundred or the hundred K a hundred hundred. Yeah. And so you ran a hundred miles and 
that's a very real experience out there. So we actually played that more like what we're talking about. I We kind of just were out there in places. And on, on occasion, we would give you a woo-woo or something like that and get your attention. But I also just love the rawness. Um, yeah. And so I, I think I hiked a seven-mile stretch in the afternoon. And it was like, I'd get the... Oh, photographer and it's like <laughs> even though they like blow out all that air and say that like they go right back into the same face they were in which is yeah. just pure mental suffer fest just going into the night and it's like sweet the shots still look really real but during the rocky 50 it's interesting there was a lot more transition people like going from like road to trail there a lot more headphones on yep not experientially like community wise, the same kind of way. I had signs that said attention photographer head. <laughs> and I kid you not, I kid you not because I did that. I had better sales for that event. And so when I do shorter, the shorter events of something, I wish I had them for Bandera as well. Cause the second day it was kind of the same idea. Like, Oh, I, if I knew you were there, yeah. it's like, I hear that sometimes. And sometimes I'll be on a downhill and they will be saying that. And it's like perfect weather day. Hot, hot days. I could be, I could be three miles in on a downhill, and people will still be complaining because they feel like they look bad. It's a like it's literally a feeling. So it's interesting just how I get to experience those moments out there with people. But on the same time, what I really do love about hundred Ks and up is eventually there's only one thing that person's thinking about. How do I keep going? Yeah. Well, well, the pictures that you take that, you know, of that, you know, 70 miles in or, you know, 50 mile plus, you know, yeah. for the hundred Ks and the hundred milers, it's like those pictures you take are real, you know, of those, of those people. Cause I have some pictures that like of whatever mile and I just look awful, but I'm like, but that's what I was in the moment. That's you right. Know, that's what I am. Like, yeah, I look terrible sure. in the, you know, but that's, that's what you are. That's, yeah. you know, you're 80 yeah. miles into a race. You're not going to look great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, there's a special experience with it all though, because I do respect the fact that people have to come into the sport eventually. So like the, the shorter trail races, um, they hit differently for those people in their experience and their experience is more of an elation of like, Oh my gosh, I found something here. Yeah. And it's like, well, welcome, you know, um, <laughs> go on some group trail runs and take the headphones off, you know, and, yeah. and be a part of the community now. Um, and so like, that's, that's like the next step in things. And so one thing I also feel like I bring to the table within everything as well is because I'm so community minded, I do normally like, I like to run with people. So uh, when I go running to me, it's more about, um, the community aspect, I could care less about my pace. Um, other than there's got to be some running in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I like the really tall, steep mountains. And I, so I like to hike the ups, run the flats and downs as long as I possibly can. And, um, and just get it, get it done. I'm more of a get it done guy. I'm i I'm a golden hour guy. Um, I like it. So, um, but on top of that, what I was, what I was kind of alluding to earlier was I, I have struggled with, um, mental health stuff, um, on and off in my adult life, uh, especially at least I've really, really f discovered it. And, um, some of the issues that 
I was facing, I, I stopped white knuckling and, and got the help I needed for it. So, um, I can see the patterns of me doing things that were unsustainable within trail running, uh, as well as me fighting anxiety and depression. And, and so interestingly enough within that, it's like, I can see it. You can see it in my ultra sign up. Like I have one third of my races are DNFs. Mind you, they're all 50 miles plus, but, um, and I probably ran an ultra, I ran an ultra distance at all of them except one. I think I ran 14 miles at a 12 hour one time. It was like, I'm just not happy being here right now. Yeah. Um, Mind you, I also shot a 50k the same day, so it was a night. It was a night, 12 hour. Um, but I literally, it was like a loop course. So I was like, what, "What am I even doing with my life right now?" So, and um, I, I call it the apathetic walk. Um, you hit that point in a long ultra like that, and you can be hiking with intention and purposefully, and um, that's something sustainable, and you can keep going. Or you can apathetically just rock back into like a text walker <laughs> where <laughs> where people are passing you walking on the street and you are moving forward, but it's like if if a hill came in front of you, all of a sudden you're like, oh, maybe I'll just sit down on this log right here. You know? We've all done and, it. <laughs> uh, and I would say that in my training, here's 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 a higher, crazier part for me is and I'd say it's just something I'm really learning about right now um, is like I wasn't training sustainable at the point I was at. You know, I had two small kids. I got a wife, got responsive life responsibilities, got got work to deal with, um, taking care of the things that are in my life, like my car and my home and things like that. And in my anxiety and depression I'd fall back in those areas, but I'd try and compensate by the one thing I felt like I had to strengthen, which was movement. Mm -hmm. And so I had a, a discussion with Jamil Curry one time about that, who um, is the race director or uh, CEO of Air Viper Racing in Arizona. And and he, I was just talking about like, he's asking me where I saw myself going with things. We're, we're close in age and, you know, what what, what do you want? Jesse and he was, he was a little more of a what you want kind of conversation. It's like, well, you know, I don't think I'd want to, I don't think I'd want to be a race director at least at this point in my life. Cause I just don't feel like I have the strength and for it. And it's like, yeah, you run ultras. Like, so, <laughs> and I didn't really, I honestly had a little pushback when he said that at the moment. It's like, yeah, but that's different. It's like, it is. And I was like, that was the anxiety and depression in me because it was more like I know where I'm strong at doing something. And so like, I wasn't really willing to be a dreamer and, and a just do it type person and, um, make the decision to do it. Um, and I'd say that that's the, that's the, what I I'm passionate about as far as the trail ring part is the mental part is you can see the outcome if you finish. Yeah. And so, so for me, that's what I, I love to highlight. Like when I'm at the finish line for the like final 100 mile finishers at any race, it's such a spiritual experience to know that they have mentally gone through it and, and you can, so when they break, it's hard not to want to break with them Yeah, because it's like, 
especially if you've done it, like it's easy to understand when you've done it. Breaking for someone you know, like that's different. Like you're just really proud of them. But like knowing what they went through, you know, I bet uh, being in the military, it's like, you know what some guys have gone through out there. And it's like, so if they want to break about it, like you understand, like, yeah, break about it, man. Like that was traumatic. Um, it's the same idea. It's just like, there's something that's just so relatable for me. And, um, and my passion to want to finish Western States, 100 milers specifically, like drives me so much more into it. But now I'm finding this fine line between where it's like, what is sustainable within that? So it's not necessarily always about miles because it's about fitness for your body and it's about keeping this strong. And it's also about like, you know, rest, um, eating, eating well, what are you fueling your body with? Um, so those are, those are just kind of like some things that kind of just drive me so much within the sport. And so like, I'm not fake, but if you don't know me out there, you think like my passion for you just is because I want you to get a cool photo. And it's like, it's, <laughs> I, and it's like, it's not about that one lady, even at, um, at Rocky raccoon, I forgot which weekend it was said, you don't need to still be out here. What? Like I already took a photo. Like I don't still need to be out there. And it's like, she, she doesn't really, she must've just not understood like the full story of like what people want out of that. You know, she's, she's probably a person that's not on social media or like <laughs> yeah. thinks like, Oh, I got to share my experience. You know, like we don't all have to be like that as well. You know, like that's, I know some people that race without watches. Oh, <laughs> what, what do I do without Strava? Um, you know, it's like, <laughs> we don't have to be that type of person. Um, we don't have to have the like respect and uh, understanding of that. But at the same time, uh, you know, it's like, okay, but I don't know. I'm literally there for people to remember their experience or not. So it was like, okay, so she ran on, she, maybe she was having a bad day. <laughs> I don't know. But I hear that. I hear these kind of things on occasion. I've been in the business now for just over eight years. So it's like, I've shot over 200 events and, um, I've heard it all, you know, and I can honestly say when it's really hot, I get a lot more complaining. Um, like, especially if somebody somebody thinks I'm set up in a spot on like specifically sometimes in the really long ones, like they're passing me on an uphill and they think I've sat there on an uphill the whole time. It's like, I mean, I got up here. <laughs> <laughs> I was down the hill. If you were a little faster, you got the downhill shot, but now I'm coming up and over trying to get on the next downhill, you know? Um, but I don't have enough time to like pass those kind of thoughts along to people. Yeah. And, uh, and sometimes, and you know, some of the events that I've shot over and over, it's like, I know, I know where that hot spot is. Like, oh, this is going to have Mount Hood in the background. So you definitely want a shot with Mount Hood, especially if the race is called Mount Hood. Um, or I can just be in the woods and just get generic wood shots over and over and over. Um, but yeah, there, there's so much, so many things that you can photograph to to create the whole experience and vibe. Um, especially if there's characters out there, you know, the second weekend there was a guy dressed like a gorilla in a Hoka shirt. Oh, I like, think I saw, yeah, I saw his you know, I, that was funny. Yeah. This is like, of course I'm going to get some shots with him in it, you know, and some people just wanted, okay, can you get me with the gorilla? Like, <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> click, click. And they bought it. And it's like, all right, cool. You know, that, that, that made them happy about the whole experience. That's fun. Um, you know, so it's like, yeah, so it's, it's wonderful being, 
being able to travel and go to all these really cool places definitely is super special. Um, especially, especially it being the community stuff. Um, I, before I was a photographer, my wife and I traveled a lot. And so we've been, we studied in England for a year and we, we got to travel all over with that. And we're at um, England, were you in York? Oh, okay. I I lived there for three years. Okay. Yeah. So lived in York for about eight months. And, um, and around that time we, we traveled all over the place. We had our honeymoon in in Italy and stuff like that. And so blessed to be able to travel my whole life and see all kinds of amazing stuff. My wife is, um, part Finnish. And so she, uh, we went and did the whole Sweden, Finland thing at one point in our life. And, you know, just experiencing places alone is, is a very special experience. Um, but on top of that, it's like all about the people for me. We live at a, uh, Grand Canyon university in Phoenix right now. The community here with the students is a really special experience. Um, and, uh, and it's just, it's interesting how, I keep finding myself in these human experience type situations, being a group home worker, working at Dutch brothers, um, serving people in that kind of way. Um, it's definitely my strong point. And, um, this job just keeps not going away. Yeah. <laughs> um, and well, it with just the seems... community growing and growing, it's, you know, there's a hundred yeah. new races each year. Yeah. I like to think that, you know, I have my small part in that is because it's like, I'm, I'm part of the promotion of a lot of these big things. And, um, and it's not just because of the big names, you know, like I, trust me, I I know several of them, they're great people. They are people worth following and sharing in their experience. Um, but there's enough people that that's all they're doing is following them. And, you'll, you'll know about uh, all their stories. You know, we'll know when Courtney DeWalter smashes another race. We'll know when Jim Walmsley finally wins UTMB, you know, we'll, we'll know yeah. when all these things happen, um, w- without Jesse being the guy. So it's like, well, what else is out there? There's guys that are out there. Western States has so many layers of history and it's just crazy. Cause there's, Tim Tweetmeyer, 25 time finisher. They, you can't finish more than 25 races. They kind of set that president in the presidents in, in the, um, organization because they needed to, to draw a line. Um, and Gordy Ainsley, who started Western States, um, he, he ran it 23 times and he's, he's just getting too slow to be able to qualify again, to, to get in there and actually finish that race. So he, I think one of his last qualifiers might've been, um, Brazos bend or one of the flatter ones, Yeah, you know, like, but he's still getting it done. It's just insane. Like if you just that alone, like the dudes ran over 50, hundred mile races. It's insane. Yeah, you're right. There's just so many layers to, to so, more than, to more than just the so top wild. 10. Yeah. Candace Burt, the person that hosts the 200 milers, the Moab 240, um, Bigfoot and Tahoe. Um, I think she, so she's right now, I think like 145 days into running an ultra every day. Um, there's a guy named Andy Glaze down in Southern California, fire, a firefighter. He's like on his 150th a week of hundred mile weeks. Yeah. I think he just hit three years. 
Yes. Yeah. The human potential <laughs> can be there. Yeah. And we can we can focus on these insane things. Um, but at the same time, like let's look in and let's look what's sustainable for us. Like so that's sustainable is it has a whole new perspective for me because like lately it's more like sustainable has to do with more like the economy of like our living. But it let's really break it down to our living. Like what is sustainable within the community? And um, you know what, for some people, they have the freedom and the time to do all these crazy ultras and do them all the time. But for me as a father of three and like the situation I'm in, I'm starting to realize like I need to start having a couple goal races just like in the years that I'm in it right now, have a couple goals, goal, having goals is a good thing. Um, but then in your training, like don't beat yourself up if your training doesn't look like everyone else. If everybody else is out doing 15 miles on a Saturday, that doesn't mean you have to be. Um, do split days. Um, currently, um, a little self-promotion on what I'm doing right now. I'm on day six of 30 doing eight miles a day. Um, I'm raising money for Bigger Than The Trail. It's an organization, a nonprofit that um, raises money through fundraisers to offer free mental health services. Um, they use telehealth for, for the program. And, uh, I've been working with them for two years now and my, my, my 30 day challenge has multiple tiers and options to it, but, um, and there's nothing you like sign up through. I'm not trying to get money like that. That's just a, a attention grab to look at it and just look at bigger than the trail. Um, on my Facebook page and on my Instagram, my personal Instagram, I have um, donation spots for those right now. And it's just crazy because like it's like $75, I think, per telehealth visit, which is not very high in consideration of what like an in-person yeah. um, counseling session would be. And you get three, whoever signs up for it, they, they would get three free counseling sessions. And then they're also starting up real soon um, group sessions for follow-up post your, your three sessions. So you can continue to kind of work on whatever you got going on. Um, and so that's, that's kind of like what I have going on. And it's like, but I chose eight, eight miles a day for me currently, because that's what's sustainable within having a baby and two older kids and the to and from school. I can get four in before they go to school, take them to school, come back, do a whole day of taking care of the baby, editing your photos, and then <laughs> and then um, picking up the kids, making dinner, and go do another four. And it just kind of, that's what's working. And so not on top of it, it's like I'm getting eight in a day, but I'm getting four and four usually. Um, and then if I can, I'd like to get them all in one time. But at the same time, if I have the time, because I do love a lot of time out there on the, on the trails is maybe get more. So like I was traveling this weekend, I got 12 in, in Auburn, in the, in the American river Canyon. Um, and that's what was right for the day. I had the time and space to do it. So, you know, I, I think sustainability is just, it's, it, it's a really key phrase to look at when you're looking at how you train because maybe it just means throwing down 20 push-ups because you didn't get anything in for the day but that 20 push-ups at least you'll be like okay well I, you know <laughs> i got that in um 
So that's that's just kind of a a big challenge I've I'm kind of like trying to teach myself and want to pass that on to people that I figured out. You know, um Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned so, that. Yeah. Um you know, it's like I hear it all the time. Well, so and so's doing this, you know, and it's it's like well, you know, Strava can be a great thing, but it can also be a terrible thing at the same time because you see people on Strava doing, I don't know, like like right now, I you know, I, I'm a month post-race, but I'm having some issues. And so I'm taking it super slow. I have nothing on my dock for a couple months. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm hanging out. I'm riding the bike. I'm enjoying it. I'm, you know, I did a seven miler this last weekend. And that was, you know, that was a lot because of, you know, some of the lingering pains that I have. But yeah. That's just who I am. Like, and then I see other people that are going out and doing, you know, a 50 miler one weekend and a hundred miler couple weekends from that. I'm like, man, how do people do that? And you know, you, you honestly start to comparing yourself to them and it's like, well, that's not you. That's not what your, your goals in life are. And so I, I'm glad you brought that up because that can be a very stressful and, you know, honestly, a very mentally challenging part of our sport as we compare ourselves to a lot of people through, people on Instagram, um, you know, people, you, you follow people on Strava. Well, so-and-so trained for his race running this many miles. I should also be doing that. Well, he, you don't know his background. He's probably been running for 10, 12 years and has the capacity to run a hundred miles a week where, you know, your capacity is 50 miles training for the race. And so I, I'm really glad that you brought that up because even though our sport is sometimes an outlet for people to escape and, you know, build their mental health by using running, it can also be a, a huge crutch. And, you know, and right. I, I struggle with it myself. I mean, you, everybody I think does at some point, but. I think it's, it's an identity thing. Like, well, if we identity or if our identity is just in the sport, um, there's a lot of pressure that gets put on that. And so there's, so when you fail or if you feel any shame and like how you're, you're accomplishing what you're doing, that can be really, hard but failure is not fatal and it's not the final answer to things so it's like you know we can take a step back take a breather and then reassess our priorities and move forward with what's appropriate and you can always come back into it and and it's just crazy because like i have i have friends and family members that will be like how do your knees handle it <laughs> <laughs> it was like, well, I actually know how to run, you know, that's, it's not, it's not about your knees. Actually. It's, 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 it's about just, it's actually learn how to actually use your body in that way. Yeah. And, um, but for those of us, I'm speaking more to the crowd that's already in this crazy world of ultra marathoning that post-race depression, maybe you feel off of things because you, as you're just not getting back into it just back off of it. Like if your identity is so far into that, then just check yourself, read a book. Yeah. Well, so many people identify as I'm an ultra marathoner and you right. some, sometimes maybe have to, you know, give that impression like, Oh, I only ran 18 miles last week. Well, that's not what an ultra marathoner does. Like, bro, you yeah. just threw down a hundred miler. Like, do yeah. you know the percentage of people that have run a hundred miler? I did yeah. the math in 2022. It was, Point zero 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 one percent ran a hundred miler in the U.S. So it's like, wild. That's the percent of like, 
there's yeah. not many of us out there that have run a hundred miler. I'm just, that was yeah. just in 2022, but yeah, you know, it's like, you just did we, something incredible in your book. We know how to find all the stuff. So it's like, you know, we, we hear the podcast, we see the YouTube videos, we, you know, find them on Instagram or whatnot. And we follow somebody's reels or something like that. And all of a sudden it's like, we, we get so sucked into this box, you know, Instagram has algorithms based on what you like yeah. and puts it in front of you daily, you know? And it's like, there is more to the world than those things. Like, like I said, read a book, you know, like I'm not a big reader myself, but at the same time I will self-check and I will back up and I will do something different. If I feel that I am completely stuck in the same mindset over yeah, and over. 100%. Um, and I feel that it can happen within our community, but at the same time, I'm not saying that things like what Candace Burt and Andy Glaze are doing isn't okay. But what I, what, what it is, is like, we will all sit back and put on our rally caps and watch because we're not going to, we're not not cheering for him because oh, it's, yeah, like, 100%. it's amazing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, t Timothy Olsen breaking the, the PCT in 52 days. Incredible. I if mean, his, and I follow every single one of those. Like I was glued to the TV for black. Canyon. If his pregnant like, wife is willing <laughs> to come along and be a part of that kind of journey, we can't sit back and be, there are these people sitting back and judging. How could you let your wife live in a van for three, you know, for a month and a half following you? Like that's the you see how excited she was though. And so oh my gosh, like, like she was over the moon. Like, yeah. Where is he right now? He's just living off of that. And probably talking to high schools and colleges about how the human performance is. The dude was a construction worker uh, hooked on drugs. Would you rather him be back over there with uh, kids and a wife? No, you, we wouldn't want him to be there. And he's he's found a way to express himself in a certain way. And that's just, we can't really judge people's stories based on like our own experiences because everybody's so different, you know, like it's, it's easy enough for us to fall under that shame. And I, I can't say it, I'll say it again. I is, you know, if failure is not fatal, it, it is not final, you know, like I have failed several ultra marathons and I felt so bad about it. And I've, I've pulled myself out of something and gone like, why did I, I didn't get cut off. Why didn't I just keep hiking, you know? And, and I can beat myself up and I, and I put myself under the table with it. And then it's like, oh, Oh, I'll, you know, set that alarm an hour or two before the kids have to go to school and eh, snooze. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take them to school. And then I didn't get my workout in. And yeah. it's like, it's, it's okay to be in that zone for a little bit, but like pull your head out and, 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 and figure out what, what's next, you know, and maybe it's incremental things. Maybe it's just five minutes before and you do a couple push-ups, like I said, or, you know, maybe it's like, I'll lap around the house, walk down to the mail, um, do something just a little extra for that fitness. And then you, you'll get there. You'll build. I have it's a like friend they that, say that they, you know, they're like, if you don't want to run, just go out for like a half a mile before you know it, that half mile will be your workout. Cause you'll end up being like, oh, I can do another half and you end up doing five yeah. miles. For sure. Yeah. So I, I, I can't speak enough for that because like right now, I have a huge exposure outside the community, um, being at the college and, um, and it's just interesting because they'll ask me more like 
those generic basic questions that we in the running community always laugh about. It's like, oh, what about my knees? Yeah. You know? Or uh, I don't like to drive that far. I don't like to drive that far. <laughs> Uh, I don't like to drive that far either. <laughs> yeah, neither do um, I. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's, you know, it's, I just, I just want people to find the joy in movement because I think that if us as adults, we figure that out, it's going to trickle down to our kids and they're going to not want to just sit on their Xbox. They're not going to want to just fiddle on their phones and trying to, to find a way to get that out there it's basically the more people that are setting that example, but also invite them in, you know, yeah. don't always feel like you got to pound and get a better Strava time or something like that. Like it's okay to, to like, listen to the person's breathing next to you and, and back down to their pace <laughs> um, and, and just, just be out there and um, teach somebody to climb a freaking mountain. The amount of students that are like 18 to 22 that have never climbed a mountain just blows my mind and really and i'll just like there's so many peaks here that are like 600 feet and i'm just like hey let's go let's go climb north mountain and it's it's like a fire road to the top as well so it's like steep but it's a fire oh yeah and they're just like and then they get up there and we do i'm chatting and i'm keeping right in that zone where they're not (laughs) we get and and we're pat we're passing people that you can tell like they're on a weight loss journey but it's like I'm talking young twenty somethings, and they're and they get to the top. It's like, wow, this is great, you know. And they get back, and it's like, oh, let's do that again, you know. Like, and I love that. I just love that, yeah. you know. If I invest my time into going and doing two miles with a college kid, we can do something bigger than they did that day, you yeah. know. Um, you know, they're on their own journey with their studies, which is super important as well. But like, there's a physical side to us that is a mental. And we need to break that barrier for so many people. And they may think it's just insane that you would want to go do five loops of the same 20 miles in Huntsville Park. (laughs) But at the same time, if they were out there and they saw how beautiful it was and they saw the community and the energy and the vibe of that little village through the start finish, they'd be like, oh, this is like a whole experience. Like, this is not just you. This is like everybody. And there's a glue to it all. And it's like in those five mile stretches where there's nobody yeah you might look a little different but when you <laughs> but when you get to those aid stations it's like oh my gosh please smiling tell me yeah. please tell me there's a quesadilla <laughs> it's like we have five it was bacon pancakes with syrup that was the, oh that was yeah, the taco there you, oh man the taco. there you go yeah, exactly. And you're just like, oh, thank the Lord. And you, and you, and you keep moving. Yeah. And then three miles later, you're like, oh, no, it's all gone. <laughs> What's the next one? <laughs> yeah. So it's okay. It's still there. It's still there. And that's what keeps you away from thinking, oh, my car's right there. I can just leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a crazy, crazy sport, crazy world. Um, talk a little bit more for a minute just about uh photography side of things um this year you mentioned like what you asked me and i kind of diverted away from it but <laughs> we went a 30 uh, minute round here we go we're yeah, coming back around we're coming back <laughs> just like what we like <laughs> i know i know my work schedule a year out okay um so just like most companies like in marketing or something like that, they got their 30, 60, 90. I've got, I've got a 12 month rollout. So I'm always dealing within the next three months as far as my travel goes. 
my 60, I'm just making sure I have everybody in place who's working. And then 90 to 12 is just with me and the RD and just making sure they want me back. Um, if they don't, then I kind of scan, see if there's anything else on that weekend and try and reach out and find something new or different. But um, this year, let's wander photography. Me and my subcontractors are covering at least 50 races. Wow. Um, that does not um, separate multi multi-day things it's just that that's just 50 race weeks um i personally am scheduled to shoot about half those um and yet i can fall back and help on the ones that are subcontracted around those that i'm not working on those weekends because i'm just taking it off um and so now that's kind of how my workflow is, that, is, is at the moment and that's how it was last I'm sorry, when you subcontract, is that under your name still? Uh, the audio is messing up for me. I'm not sure what's up. Are you good? Yes, yes. They, 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 um, it's, yeah, it's back. Um, okay. I do subcontracts um, under my brand and then it's on my site. So oh, okay. everything you see is not necessarily just me, but I'll put like by Jacob Banta, oh, by okay, Joel, Joel Corcoran, um, by Jesse White. Um, and so it will show that it's theirs. Um, and so they can tag them as well or instead. And um, that asking me to get a photographer somewhere just comes down to like a trust level with let's wander as far as like who I'm going to send there, um, and what their energy and vibes going to be like and what the product will be like. So I, I work with them and I point out, like I give them my, my presets. They, so they, they help with the editing side as well. And I, I pay them, um, appropriate volume to it all. And I just keep a small percentage just to keep up everything like the website and everything like that. So, um, that's, that's how that works. And then within that for racing, when I, when I'm choosing around that, um, I actually have two events the same weekend as me running the gorge waterfalls, hundred K on April 1st. Oh, my so, gosh. <laughs> um, I have, I have three photographers working in California while I'm going to be running my race at gorge waterfalls in on the Columbia gorge in Oregon. And, um, I put my, this is classic. This is actually more so how me signing up for races go. Because the pandemic gave me a wonderful tool, wait lists. Yep. <laughs> uh, I think I might run that race. Oh, I don't have to pay for it and you'll tell me if I get in? Okay, perfect. Yep. I'll let everybody sell out and I'll be, I'll be 400 down here. <laughs> I'll start running. Meaning if I think about running this week, I'll run some. And then if all of a sudden that number creeps up, then I'll start taking it serious. Well, I put my name on Gorge Waterfalls as like the 250th option. And I'm like, that could flush through out of like 400 runners. That could flush through. Um, or could not. That's the, awesome. next, the next day, Jeremy and Dylan pulled me and just put me in the race oh no <laughs> nice. like i i had to pay for it but like yeah it took me from the bottom i was like okay let me reach out to the other rds make sure they're <laughs> fine me sending me sending subcontractors and all this and uh it all worked out and that's the other cool part about the community is like at the end of the day i am just another photographer like somebody else can go do the work if if need be um 
I do love and respect when I hear like people really value my product and what, what I, what I personally bring, but, um, it's just pictures. Like it's another thing where it's like, I, I could disappear at any moment and, and, um, you know, I'd definitely be bummed about it, but at the same time, like it's just pictures, like anybody yeah. could be doing it. Um, I love, I love that. I have the respect in the community, but do you typically um, travel to like yourself travel to the larger races? the one where the, you know, the Western States qualifiers or the, you know, the golden tickets so, golden tickets are the qualifiers too. But yeah. So like my, my little, my little flex and everything, I, I have, um, 14 qualifiers that me and my team shoot, um, as of last year and this year. And I am at most of those. I think last year there was one or two I didn't shoot and two of them I shoot with Howie Stern, another big name in the yeah. photography world um and so i shoot hoveling in black canyon with him and scott rokus and uh so that those are two that i shoot that are pretty darn popular but they're not specifically mine um i've kind of landed in that space with those and then the other half of the races that i shoot are usually 50 miles plus um and but they're just stunning iconic locations like mount hood 50 miler um that's a double a double down weekend so i shoot the the 50 miler and the 50k and uh something that just opened up yesterday for the crazy minds that might listen to this that are interested is the oregon 200 opened up yesterday for sign up (laughs) it's in central oregon right where waldo 100k is and i'm telling you for like from a person that's shot a lot of races in the PNW and California. Waldo 100K is by far one of the prettiest courses I've ever photographed. By far. It only takes in 150 participants and it's first come, first serve. And so it sells out right away. The okay. Oregon 200 is in the same space and yet they do even more trails. So it's it's phenomenal. It's the same week as UTMB. It's the last week of August. And, um, I'm honored to say that I get to photograph that. No, only a other 200 miler I've photographed is, um, the Franklin's 200 miler with trot, but they don't host that race anymore. I photographed it in the last year and we had, I believe 18 finishers at, at that race. Oh, wow. I hiked 50 miles. I had 10,000 feet of gain in five days. You better believe like I have the same bond as it, as as they do with each other from being out there. Um, all 18 of us, like, I, I feel like we're like, we know what happened out there because it (laughs) snowed the first day. It was a blizzard the first day and it was 78 degrees the last day. Oh my God. Oh, geez. So, um, that was, that was quite the weekend. So I can only imagine end of August post fire smoke season in the rogue Valley, what the Oregon 200 will be like out there. Um, cause it could, it could be rain. It could be anything. Um, probably not snow, but, um, knock on wood for that. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just stoked on my schedule. I, th- I think that it's just stacked with just a bunch of amazing events. Um, another special experience that 
you may, I don't know if I told you this, Justin, or if you saw this, but the second week at Rocky Raccoon, I actually met my birth brother for the first time. Uh, what? Yeah. So I'm 37. He's 36. Same mom. Um, we've been talking for eight years through social media and on the phone and he lives in Virginia and I live out here in Phoenix. And so it, it, I was like, Oh, it's a good meeting ground. And I just reached out to see if he happened to be available. He's a firefighter as well. Um, and so I, uh, I told him back in December, I was like, Hey, I'm going out there. Do you want to come? It's like, I actually have to burn PTO. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm free. I think he said he was free the sixth through the, like the 15th or something like that. So we, we, he flew in on Tuesday after the hundred and we stayed with each other for five days. And, uh, he did a one month build into running his first 50 K and ran the nice. 50k nice. and uh <laughs> he he smoked it on that first lap um <laughs> i bet he did <laughs> yep he did and then uh then then there was more yeah um and, i think i uh, smoked it on that first lap too <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> then so he more. uh then there was more um so he uh he got it done though is is an amazing moment um it was really special to be there for it and um I've created a monster. Now he wants to know like it. know it all. That's funny. Um, so, yeah, he's he's uh, he's seeking the races out. He's looking at the apparel, um, which is uh, yeah, it's, it's fun because I have a lot to talk about with those things. So it's kind of been fun. I got a new bro in the sport as well as a bro, and that we feel real bonded. Um, so that, that, that's a unique experience. I've, I have five birth siblings and he's the only one I hadn't met besides our older brother who actually committed suicide years ago. Hmm. Um, so, um, I was the only one that was adopted out of the, out of the five. And so, um, very, very special experience. My sister lives in Weimar, Texas, which is, uh, West of Katy. Um, and so, I was able to, we were able to have dinner with them. She even came out and saw him finish. Um, if he kept, if he maintained, she wasn't going to make it. So I was like, you better hurry up because he, <laughs> he came through and he's flying blazing saddles the first lap. So, um, but, uh, yeah, so that was, that was an amazing week. So, I mean, I'm, I'm only like it through the, I'm not even through the first quarter yet. And yep. I'm just like on cloud nine about how all my experiences have been going. Doing the golden ticket series stuff has just been phenomenal. It is not intentional that I have been on most of the stateside black or uh, black tickets, uh, golden ticket races. Um, but Those are the uh, ones that we get when we don't get drawn in the lottery. Yeah, black ticket. <laughs> black ticket. <laughs> and nothing. Yeah, yeah, I was real hopeful this year with my one ticket. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Hey, but I have two next year. Hey, there I hit up a, a bunch of people on Instagram. Well, I just put it on mm -hmm. my stories and I just said, Hey, I'm interviewing a race photographer today. What questions you got? And I got some actually really good ones. So sweet. Uh, where the wild hearts go, uh, which is where my heart goes. Cause it's my wife, um, says, is that what we really look like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 You know what? I, I don't do a lot of touch up on the people themselves. Um, I, some, I have probably 
been reached out to two or three times and had people just straight up say take the photo down oh my god um, just because they don't like how they they appear yeah um and i've had one person pay me an extra bit of money to fix like an imperfection um, hmm. on them so that's the but out of the thousands of photos millions of photos <laughs> i posted on the on my site um yeah that's i might color color adjust but i <laughs> i'm not fixing anything so if you think you're hot you're welcome uh, <laughs> god made you that way if you, you think you're not you know you're probably I, not i think i think you're a pretty special person for what you do a <laughs> uh, follow-up question from uh from her is uh what's your favorite part of the race to shoot Oof. um afternoon in an in a in a long ultra going into night i think that the you're eyes still kind the, of fresh but you're thousand mile stare in a bad way or it's a thousand mile like i we're getting this done and i i think it's one or the other usually and then i love running into the the male princes princesses out on the trail they're just like Oh, 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 you know, they finally have somebody to talk to about all, all their aches and pains. And it's like, I feel like he describes me every single time he says something. It's like, dang, that's, is that me? And then Justin complained about how his shorts are riding up. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think your compliment, which I appreciate was I had a smile on my face the whole time. And so you did. If you're not smiling, yeah. you're not having fun. So yeah, even yeah. if you're, even if you can still not have fun. Even I'll if tell you smiling. what, that was, that hundred miler was a, it, from start to finish, all 32 hours were pretty good temperatures, pretty manageable if you did the work going into the race. So well, I think coming from where I was coming from, um, you know, I'm, I was, I trained in negative 20. So, you know, yeah, there, there's that. So there's that. Uh, we have one more question <laughs> from Instagram from Jess Wallace, good friend of mine. Uh, specific stories that you try to tell through your photos. Mm. Um, spef specific stories. <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely sharing. Like, so as a runner, so I I had some race photos in my early start of racing in 2014, where I was just like why why is this the standard and it was primarily because a lot of a lot of race photographers pre 2010 i would even say were like marathon photo style people they they took a photo of people they didn't take a photo of the scene it was like there's a lot of story to tell as far as the scene of where we're at um take rocky raccoon for example um a big part of that course i feel is those boardwalks um it's a it's it's a unique thing that you get to run across um and it may not be for everyone people may have not even liked the bounciness of it or something like that because maybe it gives them vertigo or something like that but at the same time it's super beautiful so i really focus on that when i'm out there and then so a beautiful part of the scene in a, in a race, and this is why I like a lot longer races because I have a lot more time and space to tell these things. Something beautiful about the scenery. That's why I don't bib tag because if it means I'm shooting you from side sideways, I, I don't want to have to worry about number 12. Um, but then I also want to tell the story of 
the finish line um, in especially in a hundred mile race. A hundred Ks can be pretty special as well um, for me. But 50 miles and below, I feel like overall you finish kind of happy because you get to end your day with a real meal somewhere. Sleeping in um, your bed. <laughs> yeah, sleep in your own bed, something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, just there's something about the elation of that finish. And then, and then qualifying for Western States, not that it has to be the focus for everyone, but it's a huge focus for me. In those qualifiers, I 100% understand what it means to qualify let alone get into Western States. And so to me being a full circle part of that journey and seeing somebody qualify, put their name in year, qualify again the next year and I see him and then they get in seven, eight tickets down the road. I've been there like front row and sent like in the front row seat the whole time. And it's like, finally, dude, Yeah, <laughs> finally. And it's like, so that it's like the full piece. If I get to see them cross the finish line at Western States. So at Western States, I actually don't fin shoot finish line um, like on, on purpose because like I feel that with me traveling to so many qualifiers um, across the country, I'm the first person they know a lot of times unless they're um, from out of the country. And so I, but I do think that there's something crazy special about a finish line photo um not necessarily them crossing the mat but everything post that so i love the response the physical response um to that if it's screaming and enjoy like it it's like it's man that like that i almost feel like that's just power um you know that's that's a goggins like ton. <laughs> all right who's doing some push-ups with me like oh yeah I trained for it. I did it and I did it strong. But if it's just somebody that just like our, our final finisher at Rocky poles are falling apart and just collapses like across the line and his like pacers, like holding him up. Like if you're that just drained, you gave it your all. <laughs> Dude, you yeah. made it. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, and so like, I, I just, I just love the whole story of it. And it, the more I know, of this people's stories pre going into it. Of course, it makes it easier for me to like create the the photo that needs to happen for it, but I'm also not creating it. It's happening, but I'm, I'm in position. I'm in the right place for that moment. Yeah. If, I, if, if, a, if I know the, one of the final runners worked the race for years, for example, and they're coming in and they're fine. Like they're, they're one of the last, I might go meet them at the aid station they worked at, get a shot of them coming through their aid station, That's just cool. because I know that photo down the road, like ultra ultra ring magazine or something like that will, will understand like that story is super important. Last year, um, Rocky raccoon was featured. Um, and I, I actually wrote the story for it, but two of our, our close to last finishers was a teacher and a student that post high school, just start they just kept training together and they ran like i want to say 24 marathons together and they finished their first the the kid finished his first 100 miler with his teacher that's cool so cool like yeah. they're they're, they're each other's adult community now yeah but like their backstory is just like phenomenal um a guy came in 30 minutes or so after the finish at western states this last year who won western states in the 80s wow 
he missed it, but he finished the distance. Yeah. It's like everybody was leaving and tearing down stuff and trying to get out of the sun. And it's like, I know he's coming. Like everybody's been talking about how he's been so encouraging, but he's like turned in the chromatic man and he's just like hunched over and just, you know, he's coming in though. And he's, he's in it. He's in his late sixties. Uh, uh, was it last year that uh, that lady finished with like a minute over a minute after the cutoff or something? It was like, that was super inspiring too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've had a lot of really close calls. Um, in 2015, um, Gunhild, um, I forgot, I'm blanking on her last name. Gunhild finished, um, with like seven seconds to spare. Yeah. And Rob Carr, who won the race, met her at Roby Point and, and sprinted. R- Roby Point is the start of an uphill yeah. on road. And they sprinted uphill and down Cherry Street to Placer High School and did two, like, seven and a half minute miles. <laughs> Rob Carr did it in flip flops. <laughs> but on top of that, this like 60 year old lady finished 100 miles or 63, I think she was, 100 miles it, with seven seconds of spare and her last two miles two miles were her fastest. It's, that's insane. Insane, yeah. insane. You know, like, yeah, so all those kind of special experiences really just like hit home to me and how can you capture that, you know? Yeah. And, and be, in the, be in the right place and like you're such a, it's such a special part to be a part of. And sometimes like, you don't even know like it even happened like that. Somebody captured that moment. I captured a, a close high school friend coming up Roby point last year. And if I was at the finish line, I wouldn't have been able to catch the same kind of moment. It was her first time seeing her kids all day. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And she's a local and it's her like second finish at Western States. And she, you know, she's coming up, you know, just picking up her boys and kiss them. And I'm, I get those photos in it. It's just like, Man, like that's what I'm talking about. Like you, sometimes it just hits just different. And so there's special moments like that. And it's really special to me. I know it's special for certain people when that kind of stuff happens. Um, yeah, you got one of me. Um, it was at the finish line and I'd already finished, but I was, you know, hugging my wife. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can just see me with my wife's arm around me. And it's just like, that doesn't mean anything to you or, I mean, it means something to you, but it doesn't mean anything to anyone else, you know, Yeah. but it, but it meant a lot to us, you know, because like she was it's there a, for me for the whole time and yeah. paced and, you know, and just like did so much for me for that race to, you know, there's no way I would finish without her. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and she's been at all my races and crewed and paced all of them. And so, you know, that, that was just a special moment for us. And it was cool that, you know, that you captured that. And so, yeah. Well, and proof of the support. Yeah, it's it's just so good. Um, I've seen, I've photographed proposals that I didn't even know about. Like it just kind of happened. It's like, oh, oh let me go get camera. ready. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I hope she says yes. Um, so, yeah, so I don't know. That's, I think that answers the question. I, I, I feel like getting a good trail shot with the scene so you have an idea of where somebody's racing. I think that, you know, there's just some beautiful places out there that we race. And if I'm not three miles in, in that one place where you got the view and get the shot of the view and you, then you can take your sweaty phone shots all day long out there. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a little flat, 
doesn't have any dimension to it. But if I know how to get that dimension in the shot and, um, you know, edit out the one hiker sitting on a rock, then, you know, <laughs> then, uh, you may not ever be able to share that with your community around you of non-runners. And if they're just like, oh, man, that's an amazing spot. And then you say, let's go hike there sometime. Let's take a family trip there sometime and just be in that space. Let's let's go see it. You know, I, I feel like that's that's pretty special and, and pretty amazing. I, I don't necessarily think that photos have to be a cockiness. You know, um, I don't think that it has to be just all pride and like, look at me, I, I run 100 miles or, you know, whatever. You know, it, it, it truly like somebody, you can inspire somebody to do something bigger than what they're doing right now by being a runner. Yeah. And I think that keeping a purpose within it all is going to, make it much more meaningful to you rather than it just being about crushing miles. Um, yeah. So I think you already said it, but I'm just going to ask it again, your favorite race that you've ever photo uh, photographed. Yeah. Waldo hundred K is by tough. far one of the most beautiful races. Uh, my favorite race that I ever ran was the canyons 50 K the first year. Um, I just, I love the American river Canyon. Um, it's, it is home, like my home base, but it, at the same time, it's also just so gorgeous out there. Got Creek crossings and rockiness and, um, pine trees. It's, it's just phenomenal. Nice. Did you Woodside, ever finish, uh, did you ever finish a hundred? I've ran Javelina 127. Okay. Yeah. I, that's another crazy story. Cause I, uh, I got my gallbladder removed five oh weeks earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I, I got super sick. I ran 26 miles the day before I ran a 300 mile month in September and on like September 25th or 26th got stomach cramps, started throwing up and ended up in the hospital, um, with 105 fever and my whole organ was necrotic, but when they removed it, mm. Wow. Um, with, with gallstones and the whole bit. And, uh, two weeks later I went and shot two events in the Bay area, flew out, shot two events, hiked 18 miles, called my coach. And I was like, Hey, well, I mean, I'm able to hike 18 on a weekend, but yeah, the stitches kind of feel this and that, but <laughs> they're almost, they're almost done. So it's like, well, next week you need to run 20 miles. Um, if you want to keep pursuing doing Javelina. So I was like, well, there's a 50 K called Cape Creek thriller. I, I can go run the first 20 and hike it in. So I did. I ran 13 minute miles in the first 20. It felt great. Came into an aid station and one of the fast guys that was out way out front was thrown up and, and it's like, I've never DNF the race. I'm like, Hey, well, let's go hike in the last 11 miles. So we hiked in the last 11 miles, finished nine fifteen, nice. And then two weeks later, I ran a hundred miles. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and that was my first redemption race as well because i attempted in 2014 yeah so i ran 40 miles in 2014 came back 2017 and uh and got it done and on that loop because i did the javelina hangover in september as a set the 75k um i i had done like in between training and that i had done like 200 miles in two months just in the in the same 15 to 20 miles oh my gosh <laughs> so i was i was over being out there as far as racing goes um <laughs> but um i'm really 
really proud of that season as far as my training went. Um, definitely was like start of a huge like anxiety depression thing because it was like I went out there just kind of angry um, about things in life and uh, and so it's a little bit of an escape during that time period. Um, but now it's like a balance between everything. It's like I I feel like I'm more organically going to go into my training in the future um and try and pursue things yeah you think you'll um ever shoot for another western states qual and try to get in oh yeah oh gorge waterfalls and, oh okay gorgeous okay yep, i didn't realize yep, that yep uh 17 hour qualifier with 11,000 feet of gain okay is this your do you have prior tickets or will this be your first entry uh, for this will be my first entry uh, even with the rollovers because yeah um Havelina was well before that yeah. and I ran Black Canyon um I believe 2018 or 19 and finished 1710 which is 10 minutes behind yeah. that so um yeah well, so I've well, one qualifier watching... ever and then um <laughs> and I have about about uh 12 attempts <laughs> <laughs> well when I'm watching the lottery this year I'm be like hmm if there's some shadiness going on <laughs> yeah <laughs> And you all know, of I feel like that's the most fair, like, I don't know the way they do it. It's just by the advertising it. And I don't know. It's just, it, it is. It's, it's cool. I yeah. Cause I was yeah. also watching the hard rock lottery. Cause I had a, a, I had entry into that as well. And I was like, mm. well, I know there's not a, a chance in hell that I get into hard rock, but there mm. is a chance. I mean, there was quite a few one ticket draws in, in Western States. So you have way more of a chance in Western States to get drawn than you do hard rock, but so yeah. but we had them both going at the same time and i don't know it's just a, it's a cool it's a cool the whole process is just cool and I, I can't wait to run it yeah i need to become a way better runner before i run it but yeah let's <laughs> <laughs> well hey man uh what what kind of gear are you use and you can run run gear photography gear yeah so run gear um i i i do have some sponsorships with running um that I've kind of developed over the years. I, I work with rabbit for my clothing. Um, great company based out of Santa Barbara, um, light soft. Um, they're getting better with their winter gear as well. Not super cold stuff like Arctic, but, um, at yeah, least like rain. rain yeah. They, they've <laughs> got good, good, like rain gear and wind gear. Um, and I, I use Ultraspire as my hydration systems and lighting. And so, um, been working with them for about three years and, uh, on the photography side, I've shot the Bronco vest series and the new Zygos pack series, um, photos. So the shots that you see in their advertisements are for me. Um, let's see, uh, I am a OFM type person, optimized fat metabolism. I work with Vespa for my hydration needs and supplementing. And I require a lot of supplements, not having a gallbladder. So um, I take my nutrition like pretty serious when I'm in a training zone. And I function more in a higher fat, lower carbohydrate range, but more of a strategic carbohydrate use. And so I also fueling, I, I, I use Relight from Amazon. It's a really good low calorie electrolyte mix, pretty good balance across all. From red, different Redmond. electrolytes. Redmond's? Yeah. Uh, red, no, it's not Redmond's. Relight? 
R E L Y T E. Yeah, I think that's uh, Redmond Salt. Is it? Yeah, it's oh, okay. Redmond Salt Relight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's good stuff. Um, and uh, Noka smoothie packets is one of my primary fueling sources out there because it gives me um, protein as well as carbohydrates. And then on the t- off the table, as far as aid stations, I'm more of like a uh, gr- grilled cheese or um, PB&J, just a square. And just, I, I'm so slow. It's like, I, I'm like the fast guys. There's like the middle pack people that can kind of be like, oh, thanks for being here, everybody, and take your time and ask somebody a question. I'm like, I'm like the lead guys, but on the backpack, like, pull it up, <laughs> get me out of here. <laughs> oh, I, don't blow that horn. I'm not done. <laughs> um, uh, every time so, somebody talks about a horn at, at a race, I just will never forget the bighorn guy. Have you uh, ever been yeah. to bighorn? No, no. So this dude rides around, or he was he was out there at almost all the aid stations, and anytime that he would see a hundred mile bib, he would blow this massive bullhorn. It got so annoying throughout the whole race, but it was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that, that just reminds me every time. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, I, I'm a speed goat user as far as like shoes. That's like my primary one. I do get, um, a lot of opportunities within working within sports to try a lot of different shoes. Um, and there there are so many amazing shoes coming out right now. And, um, and I even have been privy to some that are coming down the line and, oh man, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to see how it all kind of rolls out and what we all enjoy. Um, because currently I feel like, um, as far as like the big mountain trail stuff, the, the Mont Blancs and the Speed Goat are like pretty top of the game. Um, I saw sales for Hoka this last year and it was like insane. Yeah, yeah. There's, and I was they're, like, they're leading the market. But yeah, nor, uh, Normal is going to make a big climb. Uh, yep. Killian Jornet's new brand. Yeah. And uh, the shoes like are right in the pocket with all that stuff. And then I think that Craft, um, I know their apparel is phenomenal um but i got privy to some of the, the shoe line stuff coming down the line yeah. and they're coming for it and then on is making a huge move as well um a swiss company and and they're they're just uh they're so different than everything else that's out there that i think that they kind of hit a market between everything between us actual trail runners that are out there all the time and crank through shoes but also your daily users and i and i think that they keep their color palettes really neutral and that's really appealing across the market for a lot of people because people don't necessarily want a flashy orange shoe or red shoe all the time or blue shoe or something like that um so note to self don't buy on <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I like all the bright colors like i, I am all. here yeah <laughs> i love all the bright colors yeah uh, adidas too man adidas is throwing down yeah what they what their athletes, yeah the Tarek stuff yeah yeah what their athletes are doing at black canyon between them and craft i was yeah. just like blown away like yeah and they, they're also trying to hit hit a market um in the back of the pack as well we actually had adidas Tarek sponsored athletes that were in the back what? During the hundred K. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're also, you know, I, I feel that a lot of teams kind of fluctuate on this stuff, um, where they have their sub elite teams. Um, ultra got rid of most of those people this year. Actually, they had, a, I actually the, heard the that. red I heard, team. Yeah. I heard the red and team. So, like non-existent. So, so yeah, like there's a few of them that they've kind of kept around, but they're like sub elite types and 
I don't know. It, it all fluctuates. So, I mean, Montreal was a shoe company and they had a team and then they're gone, you know? Um, yeah. What do you think the, about the ambassador programs as far as like repping brands that I think, were like I think us regular people? I think that there's a two way thing to look at that stuff. Um, you know, some people struggle as far as having a career or a job that, that pays well enough to, to keep it up with the sport. And I don't think that anybody needs to run themselves into the ground with running. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and yet some people completely change their lives to be van lifers, to continue to do this stuff. And it's like, everybody has their choices on things, but as a, uh, as a family man, like I, that's the biggest reason why I just started reaching out. It was like, Hey, you know, it can get real tight <laughs> yeah. financially. And, um, no, I'm just a, I'm just a artist. I'm a photographer here trying to, trying to do, do my thing. Um, and, and that's kind of the, where I found like my pocket within things is in respect and support within it from the brands. And, um, I think that it's, I think it's a good thing. I think that people need a little extra support and to be honest, like those companies, it's, yeah, the bottom line for them may be to keep up sales, but a lot of the run company brands, especially for trail equipment, are all pretty small. Mm -hmm. um, if you if you saw their their base operations, it's like usually less than twenty people, and that's not to say whatever um, place they're getting their manufacturing done. There's you know a hundred hundred people in Malaysia working on something. I I don't know that, but at least on the state side, it's they, they can be pretty small operation. So within that, I think that getting that ambassadorship out there, it just produces like a bigger view to it and makes a bigger audience. And I have a twofold way with things like Ultra Ring Magazine, I'm printed in there as well as I love the sport. And so it's nice because it's like my family will buy an issue because they want to support me. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, they want to grow in their understanding of what the heck I'm doing out there. Yeah. So, you know, I think that there's... A, a, a healthy trade-off to things to where it can feed back to you to where like you get the support for whatever you need if it's a race entry if it's some equipment if it's just 50 percent off code or 20 percent off code like i think it's it's good to have that and then on top of that it helps them get the word out that new apparels come down the line because they'll tell us like rev will tell us like oh here's here's what the new line's gonna look like this is what the boston kit's gonna look like yeah and we can get hyped about it and we can share it and they can sell that that little mock-up um a little bit faster so i think it's a good thing cool so uh we also ask um one of our other questions is who is somebody who has inspired you that has a really cool story that that's within your network that would mm -hmm. be a, a good guest on our podcast help us grow our network oh man pressure's on <laughs> all those that are listening they're like hey, oh who's he gonna pick out i know there? i know um, i'm intrigued too uh, <laughs> i'm not gonna pick anybody in texas because you can find them yourself um, <laughs> i live in alaska <laughs> oh you're in alaska now okay well shoot. i lived in um, texas uh 17 years ago yeah um you know uh i think my buddy henry ward is is a interesting character uh his he's he's a a dude that's been in recovery for years and has found running 
and has written a few books, um, but kind of underplayed, if you ask me, as far as like where his story goes. But he he's known for doing some some strange ultra stuff. Like he just finished um, sixty six point six hours Satan's sidewalk, as he calls it, on the treadmill. <laughs> ah. And so um, I I ran a few miles with him last year doing it um, at his house. He he gets two treadmills set up in his garage, and, and he he runs for sixty six point six hours. He hops off wow. and goes to the bathroom, and you know snacks and eats and hugs people when they come and go and all that. But how many uh, miles does he get during that time? I think last I don't know what he did last this year, but I think last year he did two hundred twenty two miles. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So he's he's a good runner as well. So that's yeah. what's so funny. It's like. He he he's known for doing. I think he had eight years in a row. This last eight, it might be even more, of doing quad Boston's. So, <laughs> so on Saturday he starts and he and he like runs to the finish and then he runs back to the start, and then so that's two, and then he runs Boston, or no, he starts from the finish. Runs to start, runs to finish, runs to start, and then he runs Boston Marathon on Sunday. <laughs> That's insane. And his, and his Boston time is sub four usually. Oh my Whoa. god! <laughs> wow. Yeah. So he'd be a fun one to have on the pod because he, he can deep dive into some stuff, and he he's got strong Boston. Uh, vibes out of him because he's originally from there so he lives here in arizona but um yeah he's 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 a big advocate for recovery and on and then on top of that just slays miles all the time and is a huge community asset um here in arizona as well as across the country he's a public speaker um but henry ward i can connect you with him yeah for Um, sure that'd be that'd be great like a, a good podcast well, Jesse, hey, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, great conversation. I feel like we could have gone another two hours. Yeah. Um, we'll give you an opportunity to to shout out whatever you want to shout out. Where can people find you? That type stuff. Uh, yeah, for sure. Go for it. Yeah, so I'm um, Let's Wander Photography. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Let's Wander Photography. And um, I'm on Facebook as well. My personal page for running is Trail Whisperer. Um, I definitely do not whisper on the trails, those that know me. Um, and, um, I also want to give a shout out to Heidi Garner studios, who's been producing amazing, um, hats and gator net gaiters and socks. She's based out of, um, California producing amazing stuff. If you've ever done black cane or javelina, you may have seen her booth. Um, she's, she's she's the hot ticket out there right now as far as what's coming out um as far as trail shots on hats if you really like mountainscapes and bridges from the golden gate bridge or like things that really are iconic to you as far as you're running she's she's producing some great stuff um i also just want to shout out to um to my photographers I work with, um Howie Stern, Scott Rokus, Jacob Banta, Joel Corcoran, Jesse White, um, Braden Bell, and um, Sylvanas, who's actually up in Alaska. If you ever need a guy out there, he's great with headshots as well. Um, and 
these guys are all super talented and I'm super proud to be a part of the things that they have going on and vice versa. And there's a new young kid out in Texas that I met at Bandera and I'm glad I shook his hand and met him because he came out and helped me, me and Jacob out at Rocky Raccoon um, and Nick Atkins. And Nick is just a super talented young kid um, and fired up about things comes from a track background, but I know for a fact, you guys are going to see him a lot more on the trail and he helps out with Texas outlaws, um, racing down there in Texas. Um, and I'm just super thankful for all the RDs that have, have given me an opportunity because, you know, I, to, to be honest, like I, I truly just see myself as just another guy out there and I have no reason to have any kind of reparability, um, in honor in the sense of the sport, you know, I'm not breaking, I'm not break, I'm not the one breaking records or anything like that. And I'm not producing these events. Um, but it's been a fun ride just joining up with everybody. Um, and, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope to see y'all out there on the trails. And, um, if you want to know more about like the races that I shoot, uh, if you follow me on any of the social media, you'll find my webpage or, um, you can look down in the notes and, uh, you can find my website. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Awesome. Thanks, Blake. If you enjoyed Jesse's podcast and you want more people to hear it, please leave us a comment review, get on our Instagram, tell us that you like this one. Get on all the platforms that you listen to and please leave us a review. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This podcast has been produced and edited by Backbeat Sound. Come and find us on Instagram at BackbeatSound1776 or email us at BackbeatSound1776 at gmail.com. <laughs>